you had a bizarre, I don't know if bizarre is the right word, but a situation happen. Um, I had a terrible a situation now, happen. It was horrible. And this, and we, we have talked about this when it happened and, um, it was quite an, uh, emotional thing and you thought we should wait before you are, were ready to talk about it and you thought today you would you would be ready yeah. to talk about it yeah well yeah we actually recorded uh, a podcast that evening and i think we talked about it briefly you said do you want to do it now and i was like i can't there's no it's not going to happen it's too emotional and you know enough time has passed now that i can sort of discuss it without um without the same level of emotion I would have felt that day because it had happened I think the day before didn't it something like that anyway well we talked the day it happened oh, okay so but we weren't re- we weren't recording that day I think we were recording like a couple days after right but we did talk the day this is this happened yeah and and then we had a recording very soon thereafter of which yeah. you had said it's just too fresh. It was. Okay. And so the event was, um, uh, well, let me, let me set it up. So uh, I think we have spoken or I mentioned that I had started a new job. I had uh, left the company that I was at before and uh, went to this new company. And my office actually looks down over uh, the I don't know if this is entirely true, but I'm pretty sure it's true. It's one of the busiest, if not the busiest street in Canada. Does that sound right? Young Street? I think Young Street, I think that'd be fair to say. I know it's the longest street in Canada. It may, in fact, be one of the longest streets in the world named Street, not Avenue or Boulevard or whatever. But anyway... um, so my office looks down in uh, into downtown Toronto and right into, you know, one of, if not the busiest streets in Canada. And uh, there's a lot of foot traffic. Uh, there's a lot of uh, car traffic. And um, it's downtown, so there's a lot of office buildings, and there are some uh, apartment buildings as well. And right across from my office is a lower-income, um, multi-story apartment building and i don't know how many floors it is but uh it's it's a it's a tall building you're on what floor in your okay so i'm on on the third floor and um from my office i'm i'm working away and uh so this is how the story unfolds I'm, i'm working away at my office typing away on my computer taking phone calls whatever and uh, I can hear a commotion out behind me on the street. And uh, I hear people saying like, oh, watch out, you know, watch out for the glass. And I mean, there's so much going on on that street that that's not an odd question. Like, that's not an odd statement. You know, you, you hear so much going on so that you learn to dismiss 95% of the noise that you can hear out on the street. Becomes almost like background right. to you or white noise. Or- yeah, but you'll hear the, like, okay, so there's a constant din, right? But you'll hear the little uproars, right? And you'll be like, oh, is that something I need to pay attention to? Or is it just, like, nothing, right? Anyway, so that, you know, you hear people yelling and you're like, oh, watch out for the glass. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, there's something going out on the street. So next thing I know, I hear down the hall, I hear a few people going, oh, my God, something's going on. And... um uh, we have like a, 
uh, a safety, a life safety and security manager for uh, a few of the buildings that we look after. So um, he goes running down the hall and I hear, you know, there's a lot of commotion. Everybody basically leaves their offices and goes to watch what's happening. <clears throat> And uh, what was happening was there was a man 15 stories up smashing the glass out of his window. Now, this is an apartment building that doesn't have um, a balcony. Okay, so he the only way is like to open the window to get fresh air or or, you know, if if you wanted to smash the glass. Right. So this guy uh, smashed the glass out of his uh, his window and he, he wasn't getting fresh air. Um, his sole purpose was that he was. Uh, and, and we didn't know this immediately, he was looking to end his life. And um, so, of course, we see, uh, like, he, he doesn't, okay, so first he smashes all the glass and it falls to the street and people are freaking out. Um, and then and then we see this this hand, like, cleaning the glass from around the frame. And then uh, a foot comes out the window and then goes back in. And then, I mean, he's trying to figure out how he wants to sit on the edge of this glass uh, or out of, out of the frame of this window. And this took place very, very quickly. And I'm going to say this now because this man's sole intention was to commit suicide. So I'm watching this along with other people in my office, and we're literally 40 feet away. Whatever the width of a street is, okay, we're that far away from this individual. And um, we're watching this happen. Uh, he's clearing the glass. He's trying to get his positioning so that he can jump out. And within about, I don't know, less than 15 minutes, he was out the window and on the ground. And um, it was probably one of the most horrifying experiences I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, so usually when you think about it, you think a lot of people, and I've seen this too, like where, you know, you hear a story of somebody who um, wanted to commit suicide and they, they didn't know they wanted to commit suicide. They'll, they'll be on a ledge for an hour and, you know, they'll send the police in and the police will talk them off the ledge. And then at the end, everybody claps. That's not what happened with this guy. This guy's, he was mm. smashed the window and out and on the ground before anybody could really do anything. Um, we called 911. 911 uh, was busy because I'm sure we weren't the only ones uh, calling. There were hundreds of people probably on the street and they were shouting up to this guy, don't do it, don't do it, you know, like, and, you know, of course, when he did, there was that, uh, like a, like a din of like, ah, uh, you know, like everybody was like, oh my gosh. And then people were crying, you know, uh, people were turning their heads away from the scene. Women were you know, burying their faces in their, um, their husband's or their boyfriend's chest. It was, it was horrific. The police were already there. Um, because I guess the nine, we weren't the only ones calling nine one one. And so they were already running up the street. Now I've, I've since learned more. So this is all going to come out as I tell the story, but the police were already running up the street. And of course, immediately, um, you know, they, they started getting people away, like move away, move away. There's a dead body on the street. Um, it was horrible to watch this, this guy come out the window and land on the concrete. Thank God there was, um, like, um, 
like a window and a building separating me from the actual sound. Again, I could tell you that I heard the sound of the body hitting the cement, and, and it's possible I did, but because there was the you know that that buffer of the building and and window between me i could easily say that i kind of manufactured that sound in my brain but i don't mm, right. you know even still it was it was horrible so the police arrive on the scene um you know they're getting everybody away they tape off as quickly as they can uh, you know a number of police cruisers arrive um you know an ambulance arrives and uh and they get out of the the ambulance and they throw like one of those orange, you know, blankets over top of this guy. They grab a couple of sandbags from a nearby, you know, construction sign and they just kind of place it on the on the thing. Um, one shoe had fallen off this guy's foot. His hat had come off his head. It had blown into the middle of Young Street. Um, they pinned both of those down with sandbags as well so they wouldn't blow around. It was kind of a windy day. And then, uh, and then everything just stopped for hours. Like they had police come in, they did an investigation, I guess. I mean, you can't really see anything that's going on in the building. Um, that, that guy sat, first of all, sorry, just to go back, when they covered him in a blanket, it didn't happen immediately. His body was probably exposed for a good, I want to say 15 minutes, which wow. if I go back in my head, I mean, that seemed like an eternity. Okay. And our boardroom oh, yeah. looks right onto it's, it would be directly perpendicular with like, if you drew a straight line from his body right into the middle of our boardroom, that would be exactly like perfect. Right. So right. we all stood in there and I don't think either any of us really said anything for, I want to say two to three minutes. Which again, you know, you think to yourself, two minutes, that's such a short period of time. But in a moment like that, it's so long. And then finally, oh, I'm sure, you know, I think Mitch, who's our uh, sort of, he was the guy that called in the 911. He said, I, I can't believe we just watched that. And, you know, we just all kind of turned to each other and went, I don't even know what to say right now. Like, you don't know what to say in a moment like that. Um, we had girls crying in our office, uh, one in particular that was the one that actually sought from the very beginning. Um, she was the first one cause she was the one that called Mitch. And, um, so they cover the body. Uh, you know, the, the, the blood from this man is kind of soaking through. And I realize this, I'm, I'm speaking of that. I hope this isn't offensive to anybody. It's, it's a bit, I, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I mean, I, I witnessed this whole thing and it was disgusting. It was, it was horrible. And I hope no one ever has to see this in their lifetime. Um, they covered the body, the blood was bleeding through the blanket. Um, and, um, and then the police come, they do their investigation, but the body stayed there for hours, like hours. So this happened at around 1130, I want to say in the morning. And I mean, at some point I got, I got to about 230 in the afternoon and I went, I, I can't even work. Like I, you know, I, I talked to my boss and, and, and a couple of them just said, look, you go home. Like you're not, it took me like, I had to write an email to somebody. It took me 10 minutes to write the email because I couldn't even figure out what to say. And it wasn't even like a, 
It wasn't even a long email. An email not about this topic. No, no, no. no. It was like a work just email. for work. You know, you, you try right. to sort of go back to work and you can't. Like, you, you, that's yeah. the only thing I could think of. And so I'm, I'm sitting there trying to write uh, sentence, coherent sentences and you can't think of anything else. So I just, I closed my laptop and I went into my boss's office and I just said, I, I got to go home. And they were like, you know what? Completely understand. Take the day. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, the last person to leave the office that day was a girl who didn't see any of it. Um, she wasn't, uh, she was kind of aware of what was going on, but she was wrapped up in some other stuff and she never really came to join everybody when all the, you know, stuff was going on. And, um, so she didn't see any of it. So she wasn't affected by any of it. Um, by the time she had joined everybody, it was, you know, a lump under a blanket that she never saw at all. So, but that could still be a, still be fairly traumatic. It it could be, but the weird part about it is I've, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same when you witness, uh, you know, like a human body launch itself out of a window on purpose and then hit the ground. It's not the same. When you you come across something, it's like, oh, there's a there's a person under that blanket. Well, you, there's like a picture in your head that does not look anything like the actual picture, right? So, anyway, um, so she left at about six p.m. and the body was still there. So when I had gone home, I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is like it's horrible. I, I didn't know how to process this whole thing. I thought, oh my, this is terrible. How could a human being be so sad and depressed that, that that's how they want to end their life, toss themselves off of a 15-story building onto concrete? And um, uh, I had a hard time processing this, but she had mentioned when she left that the SIU had show, shown up showed up shown up um and they obviously had to do an investigation and as it turns out um and we found this out afterward the guy was a very bad man um he was a known drug dealer um the police were actually there to arrest him and he was having none of it and um and decided that the best way out was for him to you know end things so well, that doesn't make it any better uh, in the sense that, you know, a human being lost their life and chose to do that. It helps me process the fact that this wasn't a sad, lonely human being. This was a choice that um, this was a bad choice uh, from a human being who had already made a series of really bad choices. So, oh, and also, by the way, apparently they were as high as a kite. And this is according to um, uh, sources within the building that knew the man. So, again, you know, probably take it with a grain of salt. But in that, I'm sure there's a little bit of truth. And um, well, and and uh, not to interrupt, but I mean, he still could be sad and lonely, and and you know, sure, on drugs. All of that and, could have been a contributor I, to him picking that profession, but. But I know what you mean because when when we first heard this, or when I first heard you tell me about this, the the image probably most people would defer to is that here's somebody who's having uh, mental issues. Maybe he's got serious debt problems. Maybe his some he's been informed of something very very 
tragic that's happened to him. He's been diagnosed with something or he's something very traumatic has his, happened. Yeah, or he's, any could have been anything. Broke up with a girlfriend, you know, lost yeah, his job, yeah. you know, immigrant who couldn't find enough work, you know, was heavily in debt. Like, because, and the only reason I say immigrant was because the men did look Asian. Um, but, okay. you know, I mean, it was a low income housing building. Um, it's, it was, it was absolutely, there were so many emotions that went through me that day. Like it was heartbreaking and it was, um, horrible, um, frightening, um, you know, a little bit angry. I, the anger kind of hit, not angry, angry's not right. Uh, I was a little bit upset, um, at the fact that, um, you know, days later I was still thinking about this and I'm thinking to myself, and, and here's the weird thing. Not to get too graphic, but, you know, like about five days later when some of the emotion of this had waned, waned? Yeah, waned. Uh, it kind of mm-hmm. subsided a little bit. You know, I, I thought to myself, well, I, I and I, I had, my wife and I are very close and we, we snuggle a fair bit. Um, and, you know, five days later after some of the, like, weirdness had kind of disappeared, uh, you know, we, we thought, well, let's have sex. Right. So, um, but you know, like, and and as I'm having sex with my wife, I'm, I'm still thinking about this guy. And there was a bit of like, no, I'm sorry, but you don't get to ruin my life because you ruined yours. And so there was a little bit of anger there because of that, uh, which again, of course, then I immediately felt guilty about because, uh, here was a guy who ended his life. So there's so many like weird emotions that hit me and, and some of them would hit me all at once. Sometimes it would hit me like one at a time. Um, if you've never been through this experience, uh, I don't wish it on anybody, but is the strangest and most probably horrific experience that I've gone through. Yeah, well, there's a lot there. I mean... It's impossible to unpack in one little thing. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, we've all... Or not we've all, but there are situations that happen that are tragic. Car accidents. Various traumatic things that can affect people and have them walk away with emotions about that for days. And... So when you hear you're you're describing witnessing something like this, I think the underlying factor is the suicide aspect of this, that it would definitely make people think, well, okay, so you like you had said, what gives this guy the right to, you know, be involved in my emotions six, seven days after he's, he's done this. You had no choice in the matter. The fact it was a suicide almost would make, it makes a difference. But if it had been a car accident and a guy getting hit by a car and you seeing a similar amount of grisliness, would you, do you think five days later you would have a different feeling about the whole situation or would you still be almost upset in a sense that this has gone into your life and will continue to be into it for a certain amount of time probably never forget it would it be different if it was an accident yes like i think it would be different yeah for sure so here's the difference for me the difference is 
if I had seen a horrific accident, that's exactly what it was, an accident. Um, tragic, sad, you know, maybe that would have been, uh, that's someone's son or daughter, that's someone's father, maybe, uh, or mother, depending on who it was. Like, it's an accident, and it's tragic, and it would stick with me, and I would still think about it, and I would be sad for that person, um, and I'd be sad for their families. And I would probably be very grateful for my own families. There would be like um, some bit of, I think when a tragic event like that happens, you kind of think to yourself, um, wow, you know, you go home that night and you hug your kids a little tighter. You know, you hug your wife a little tighter and you say, God, I'm so thankful for you, right? That you're here, that we have this, that we're together. Um, And I think that's natural. Uh, but the fact that this guy just okay, so here's the thing, and I know a lot of people have said this before me, and it, I don't want to offend anybody, but when you commit suicide, you're choosing a permanent problem to a temporary, sorry, a a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and um. It's never just about you. You affect way more people. There were literally, I don't know because I don't have a total. I didn't sit there and count all the people. There were well over 100 people that witnessed this. So I know that I'm not the only person that went home that night and have, you know, went home that week and struggled with the same things I struggled with. So that person, he gets to shut the lights on everything, and then the the 150 of us have to go home and deal with this, not just now, but for the rest of our lives, right? Yeah. You know, I'll never forget that. And, you know, you will be one individual who will will be affected a certain way and there will be people who will be less affected and there will be people who will be more affected even than you have been right. by this what has happened yeah. so it it is it this is a life thing obviously this is life and death and it's an extremely sensitive discussion because there will be people listening to this that are assuming that we are making a, bu- a a number of assumptions, even though you've you've had some information that suggests it was a person of of uh, wasn't exactly a law abiding person. It was a person that um, you know did this act, and 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 as we said, I mean, I think both of us when you first told me, we each thought. It was somebody who was down in the dumps and had probably, who knows what his situation was. Like I was saying, he was maybe in massive amounts of debt, couldn't figure out a way to get around it. And I think what I want to say to the audience here is that occasionally we're going to talk about topics that we may sound like we're making all these assumptions and by no means do we ever mean to offend. These are just what's on our mind. And I think we're always open for other people's perspectives on this. Yeah, for um, sure. I'm not trying to, I, I'm just trying to say that there will be people who may think, well, just because he was a, not a law abiding citizen and that he was on drugs and that he had a you know criminal past and all these things, it could mean that we are, have a right to be angrier. And 
I think it's okay for us to say that, even though we might be wrong about it. Right. But we might be right about it. Yeah, no, and, and I'm just, I, I'm simply saying how I felt at the moment. Yes. Uh, how I feel now. I mean, I'm basing everything on a small amount of information. And the, the reality is the police won't give you everything anyway. No, um, no. So, you know, you have to learn to process it on your own. I'm simply talking stream of thought and being honest about sure. you know, how I felt. And I, I think we've talked about this in previous things where we've talked about a topic that's somewhat sensitive. I'm not the smartest guy on the planet, so I don't have all the information about everything. <laughs> so if I make sure. a comment... and you're human as well. I, I make a comment. It's completely out of ignorance. But anyway, sorry, just to go back to the whole thing. Um, you know, based on the little information that we've got... Uh, I think a lot of us have now come to the point where, you know, we've been able to not put it behind us, but um, at least get to the point where um, we're able to move to the next phase of moving on, you know, Um I mean, every day we come into the office and the, the glass is still broken. There's a piece of plywood right there. We stare at it every day, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The tree. Have you gone down to that street level? Okay, and sort of- so very interesting story about that. I had a meeting, like, uh, so it happened on a Thursday. I had a meeting at my head office on a Monday, and it was a rainy day. And after that meeting, I actually chose, instead of taking the subway, I chose to walk from our head office, which is not that far away. It's only like a 15-minute walk up the street. And I wanted to walk on that side of the street underneath the window and walk across the spot that this gentleman lay. And mm-hmm. uh, the reason why uh, was because when I was in the meeting uh, at our head office, which is in a high-rise building, the only thing I could think about was when I was looking out of the boardroom window was all of the high-rise buildings that were there. The only thing I could see in my head, while this meeting is going on, by the way, all the th- all I could see in my head was people jumping out of windows, right? Um, wow. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like, this has completely taken over my brain. And again, there's that little that little bit of anger. Like, how come he gets to be done and I've got to deal with this now, this trauma, this level of violence that has happened? Like, I mean, we talked about this before when you said this is, it's it's a violent act, right? It just wasn't committed against me in a in a violent sense. No one struck me in the face or punched me in the stomach or held a gun to my face. They jumped out of a window and I had to watch it, right? So I'm I'm sitting there in this boardroom and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. I can't like this can't dominate me. And I'm very much like that. Like I will face my fears. So maybe not right away, but eventually I will face my fears. And so when I walked, I walked in the rain. It was a cool rainy day. It, uh, and I, I, I forced myself to walk under that spot. And when I did, I, you know, I walked right across where this guy's body lay. Um, I turned around. I looked up at the building. Um, you know, and at that point, uh, they had just freshly put in the, um, uh, the plywood. Uh, I... It, it was a bit of a surreal experience, but I'm glad I did it because um, 
Was it almost like making peace with it a little bit? I don't think it made peace with it, but it was like that whole, like, if you fall off a horse, you got to get back on it kind of thing. Um, so, uh, it, in a way, it helped me kind of get through that next stage of processing everything, which, mm, by the way, right. I still haven't done. Um, I'm sure. But... Um, it, it was helpful, I thought. It's hard to know what to say. I mean, I think we've been we've both been saying as we've been talking here, but um, it, it'll we should revisit if you're comfortable with this in another couple of weeks and just see you know where where you're at. Yeah, yeah, that would be fine. I don't want to. We should probably should. Um, we don't need to talk about it much more. I just thought it would be interesting to share if anybody else has gone through that experience. We would definitely be interested in finding out um, how you dealt with it, what your experience was, um, and you know, certainly to know that uh, you're not alone. <laughs> I, I, I know I wasn't alone because I watched it with a hundred other people. So uh, the only difference, and I would say, is that. Because it happened at my uh, place of work and because my place of work is a fairly large company, they immediately jumped into action and said, if anybody needs to talk to a counselor or a psychologist of any kind, it's there. It's here it is. Mm, that's um, good. They actually had someone come by the very next day and uh, they made themselves available for most of the day in the boardroom. We could go in and we could talk with them one-on-one -on -one and... Um, you know, there would be people. Did you? I did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there would be people on the street that wouldn't have that same opportunity. So, right, um, right. I'm very fortunate in that in that way. That's interesting because you're right. Because you happen to be in your place of work when this happened, you have to uh, access to professional services to help you cope through it. Uh -huh. But the guy that was just randomly in the area at the time walking by may not have that. And it's interesting because it just, it's a strange thing that you have access to professional services because it happened at a company that provides it. Yeah. Whereas other people saw it from their house or their apartment, their own apartments. Some people saw it from street level. I mean, you know, when you mentioned inviting people to talk about it, I think we would invite people to talk about it from the various perspectives of a scenario like this, whether it's as an observer that doesn't know the person, an observer that does know the person, uh, as a person who is connected to someone who's done something like this, any perspectives we would be f open to hearing mm -hmm. from. Yeah, um, for sure. Okay. Yeah, let's let's end that. Let's end that there. We'll come back and revisit this another time. Okay. Well, we were also going to talk about some news that I had read recently. Uh, well, last week about Netflix. Yes, gear shift. Net. Big gear shift. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's good. Transition. The transition sound. We'll have to figure yeah. it out. <laughs> There's no transition for this. It's uh, it's it's change gears. End of story. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So the 
the the article I had read was that uh, Netflix was in. Uh, there's a couple of articles that I I pulled here that uh, the headlines sort of speak for it. So, uh, Nef- So the one one from the the street. This is uh, the website the street. Netflix investors will struggle more than ever to make a return now. And the second one was Netflix's strategy is unsustainable when competition starts flexing their experienced muscles. Yeah, and I think I read one or both of those. The one I sent you was not either of those. It was um, it was it was one of these almost clickbaity type uh, headlines. Yes, that's the one I read then. That that said, Netflix must do this in 180 days, or it will, it that's will go the under. One. Yes, yes. I hate click. I hate clickbait. But you're right. That that article it summed and, everything well, up. And I clicked on it, and and basically the overall or, or the overarching theme was that that Disney is launching its own streaming service in 180 days, I believe it is, and is going to create some serious competition for other streaming services, namely Netflix. Number one, Netflix will lose all Disney-related content yep. as a result of this. Yep. So when you think about the franchises that are involved in that, like the Avengers and a lot of these superhero shows uh, or movies, Star Wars is Disney owned by Disney, that Disney, once they launch their own streaming service, is, is actually going to completely pull from Netflix all of its content. Now, the the articles that I've been reading here about Netflix is that they've spent an inordinate amount of money producing their own content. They they believe yeah. content is no, king. For sure. Content is king. And and I remember talking to to uh, our mutual friend Mike about this about how much content is being produced by Netflix that they, uh, every time you turn so much yep. you see another Netflix pro- Netflix original as they say whether it's reality TV like cooking shows or or various documentaries to things like Narcos to such a good many series. many excellent many many original series a lot of these um like daredevil and some of the superhero marvel i think they got really on board on the marvel oh no but they didn't do anything with marvel they just made that content available that's disney i isn't it no i think they produced it no no they i think i think they produced all of the like the franchise of the well yeah is that the avengers marvel is all disney yep Okay. So well, that's all right. that's the crazy but, thing. I mean, they own some serious serious stuff. Yes. Disney does. So the, the the main issue here is that last year Netflix spent 10 billion dollars on producing content, which is an insane amount of money. And now matched up against revenues of whatever it is it may not sound so strange, but one thing that's that I've read in a couple of articles is that the equity, the debt ratio or the debt that they are taking on is not sustainable simply by raising their prices. So Netflix recently announced they were raising their price by, I think, 18%. Right. So at one, at one time, something that was, gosh, I mean, when Netflix first came out, wasn't it like six ninety nine or seven ninety nine? Yeah. A very small amount of money to access a catalog of, of, I would argue back then, a decent amount of content. So clearly Netflix's strategy has been to 
build content and give you, you know, increase their value proposition, if so to speak, to make it so that when they did decide one day to bump their prices up by 20%, that you would say, oh, well, 20%, so it goes from $8 a month to $12 or whatever it works out to be. I think they've done a couple of incremental they have. increases yeah, over the last... They have. So if you're, if you're on like the full-on plan, I, I want to say a top-end Netflix account like with family share where you've got multiple people that can dial into it or use it, I think is now up to about $15 a month. It is. If I'm, if I'm, yeah, that's yeah. what, that's what we pay. $14.99, so, I think. I think the question here is, and you made a good point when we chatted about this before was that, okay, so what's the future of a Netflix? Because, how can they continue to take on? I mean, they're borrowing a lot of money. They're borrowing a, a massive amount of money to sustain the ability okay, to I'm, create the content. Hold on, just one sec. I'm going to let you finish this because finish describing what was said in the article and I will tell you the problems that I had with it because they were things okay, that I, I immediately said to you. Well, I've got to find the article. Um, <laughs> I'll edit this out. Okay. I want, I actually want, I'm a little bit um, flat-footed here because the specific article I sent you, which I don't know if I still have it in our... Because uh, it is, it's something we need to... So just okay, give me a second okay so while you're looking for that, uh, I want to know why they chose 180 days. Isn't that six months? Just say six months. They chose it because I believe that's when Disney is going to launch their service. Sure, but just say six months. Right? Yeah, I guess 180 days has a more. I think I think it has a much uh, faster. When you say six months or you say 180 days, I think that it just sounds more urgent. Really, maybe. I see six months to me sounds like it's not that far away. 180 days sounds like it could be like it's to me it's futuristic. It's it could be I think, three I years. I think people from now. would argue that. I think it would, it would, that you could argue that some people, I think it depends on pe- the people's perspective. I think so too. Oh, I thought I had saved this damn thing. Okay. So the gist of the article was that Disney is going to launch their new series. Netflix has been spending inordinate amounts of money on producing new and original content. And the amount of money that they've been spending is not being recouped by the raises in prices that they've passed on to their customers. And so therefore, because of the debt that they have, they're in trouble and they may not be able to sustain themselves after Disney opens their new channel and yanks all their content off of Netflix. Um, So uh, this person's opinion was that in reality, why are we even supporting Netflix anymore? Let's just wait for Disney and then we'll all jump to Disney and be one happy family. That was essentially the person. And so the the couple things that I said to you was, okay, first of all, where's this person getting their data? All right. Um, Mm -hmm. And then secondly, Mm -hmm. was this written by a Disney employee? (laughs) Right. 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 Because the way the article was written was that it was very critical of Netflix um, and tried to sort of put that sway, that... um, that bias like let's all jump on the disney bandwagon and leave netflix behind 
And I, I, not that I'm like, when I don't work for Netflix, I could care less. I like Netflix. It's there. But in the reality is I'm like any other consumer. I will go where the content is. And so if that happens to be Disney or Crave or whatever it is, uh, wherever the best content is, I'm probably going to jump. So loyalty is not really, the consumer isn't loyal. They're they're loyal to where the content is, I think. The general, like the vast majority of, of the consumer. So, but again, like the way the article was written was so... Okay, you found I got it? it? Okay, good. I did, yeah, sorry. So, the, the, the first of all, the title. Netflix has 175 days left to pull off a miracle or it's all over yeah it's all over so like the title alone is so dramatic right this just opens a whole other can of worms about journalism today i hate journalism today but again go on okay so the so they talk about people cutting the cord you know just um right giving up the fact that and just going with online streaming services yeah so they say that combined, America's five biggest cable companies are worth over $750 billion. And most investors assume Netflix will claim, will claim the bulk of profits that cable leaves behind. And, and according to this, so far they've been right. Have, but have you seen, Netflix, so have you seen Netflix's stock price? It's rocketed 8,300% since 2009, leaving Amazon in the dust. According to him, he says, please don't let this pass, or not please, but don't let this past success fool you because Netflix is not the future of TV. And that's his um, big statement. So he said the only thing that matters as far as he's concerned is Netflix has changed how we watch TV, but it didn't really change what we watch. Netflix has achieved its incredible growth by taking distribution away from cable companies. Instead of watching The Office on cable, people now watch The Office on Netflix. But this edge is not sustainable. In a world where you can watch practically anything whenever you want, dominance and distribution is very fragile. Could, so, could, sorry, just to interrupt one second. Could you imagine if somebody had come to you in 2008 or 2009 and said, hey, Clark, um, I got this tip. Uh, this company, Netflix, we think it's really going to explode. Why don't you put some money in and, uh, you know, and ride the wave? And, you know, you probably yep. would be like, eh, I don't know, man. And then imagine if that person just convinced you to just say, like, throw in like $1,000. Times that by 8,300%. Are you kidding me? You'd never have to Well, work- this Netflix... This debt, deb- this debate has been going on for a while, though. When uh, I think five years ago, a lot of people were predicting that Netflix would have issues eventually, and I think some of it was centered around this type of discussion. Um, that there are that there was some talk that investing in Netflix could have only it may be a short tail to it that they are going to run into problems at some point i.e. now and maybe this is what they were alluding to but clearly yes since 2009 there are many people who probably were thinking should i invest should i not invest and clearly since 2009 having invested would be uh extremely uh, would have been an extremely beneficial thing so now i want to just throw out a few statistics here so netflix 
Netflix knows content is king. The company spent $12 billion developing original shows last year. It released 88% more original programming in 2019 than it did in the previous year. And spending on original shows and movies is expected to hit $15 billion this year. Okay. It now invests more in content than any other American TV network. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Netflix is borrowing huge sums of debt. It currently owes creditors $10.4 billion, which is 60% more than it owed this time last year. Okay, but the problem is that no, let me just finish the yeah. statement here. The problem is that no matter how much Netflix spends, it has no chance to catch up with its biggest rival. And that's where we think, you know, the Disney writer or influencer got involved and wrote this article. Yes, exactly. You were going to say something, though? Um, I can't remember now. Um, so let me just, okay, let me just summarize sorry, go this back here. And, so. Yeah, go back and, and say what you just said, because it was something in there. I can't remember what it was. Sure. Yeah, so so Netflix is borrowing huge sums of debt. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, creditors. that's it. Right. So, where does that come from? Like, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, if I own a company and uh, I'm borrowing huge sums of money, while it might be known that I'm borrowing huge sums of money, it's probably not known the exact number. Like, the bank doesn't verify that information for you. Um, oh, if it's a public company, it would certainly be, uh, it, would, it would all be in the financial statements and oh, available to the true. public. Oh, that's true. That's right. I'm sorry. You're right. That was a dumb H- statement. Hence the stock. Right. <laughs> Want yeah. me to edit that out? Hardy or? har. Okay, whatever. It's late here, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Okay. 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 That was dumb. Can we edit that out? No, leave it I'll, in. That'll, make, just, that'll just prove my stupidity, which I mentioned to you before, <laughs> right? Like, I am not the smartest guy in the room. So, anyway. Yeah, I think we will be forgiven. Yeah. So, Netflix, uh, so it's 175 days. Disney is set to launch its own streaming service called Disney+. Plus. It's going to charge $6.99 per month, around $6 cheaper than Netflix, and it's pulling all its content off of Netflix. And so it's not going to broadcast any uh, any stuff that's not Disney. So it'll be all Disney all the time. So you're going to get all the Marvel, all the Star Wars, all their cartoons, all their fluffy yep. family things. Um, yep. uh, what else does Disney do? Uh, Pirates well, of the I'll Caribbean. Tell you, it, um, it's got lots. National uh, Geographic. Oh, Modern right. Family. National Geographic. The Simpsons. Modern Family. Interesting. Pixar. Oh, yeah. Well, Pixar, they bought Pixar years ago. Yeah. So, Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars, ESPN is owned by Disney. Oh, Not that sports are being broadcast on streaming services like Netflix, per se. I mean, you can get like the MLB app or the NHL right. app or the, the Premier League app. Uh, and stream content like I do here in Japan. I stream right. the MLB and the NHL. This so ESPN. There are some documentaries on Netflix that are ESPN, like those 30, 30 minute documentaries on various sports figures. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at the list of the five highest earning movies of two thousand eighteen, it was Avengers of Infinity War, Disney, oh, Infinity War, Black Panther, Disney. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Not Disney. 
Correct. All except Jurassic World are Disney productions. And the fourth one was Incredibles 2. So out of that top four, only Jurassic... Yeah, yeah, out of those top four, only Jurassic World was not a Disney channel. So what what they're saying here is that they expect that Disney's going to put something like Avengers Endgame on its platform <coughs> the same day it opens in theaters. Right. After a few weeks, it's no longer in theaters. You can't buy it. You can't rent it. The only way to watch it is to subscribe to Disney's streaming service, Disney Plus. Right. Yeah, yeah. So if you're children your grandchildren want to watch toy story 4 frozen 2 the only place they're going to see it is on disney plus right yeah no and you know what you cannot um you can't say that disney is not smart they are brilliant so hey i i mean i like netflix a lot i mean it's it's something that i I think it's totally changed the way we watch tv and um it it to me, it it did enable us to cord cut. Like we were a cord cutter maybe eight years ago. Mm, we we got out far of the, behind you, yeah. Like maybe four a lot years of people ago. are have looked and said, have said goodbye to cable because of Netflix, yep. and then supplemented it with things like the MLB Network and and like the NHL Network, like I have. Because I remember talking to a colleague at work about this. He said that he would be fully willing to qu- quit cable, but the biggest thing the cable companies had over him was the ability to watch sports. But now that you can get like the Premier League app or the the NHL, NBA, all yeah. these different apps, pretty much any major sport, I kind of did the math on this. Um, the, the streaming services like NH- the NHL app or the MLB app run anywhere from $100 a year to a couple hundred dollars a year or a season. So when you figure some people are spending upwards of $200 on cable a month, right. which is not... Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Gr- granted, it is often combined with an internet uh, cable package, uh, right. phone sometimes. But I think at minimum you're spending $100 on the cable side of it. And if you multiply that by... 12 and make that 1200 a year just on cable then you take something like netflix which is 15 dollars a month um uh, so 150 dollars uh, uh, do the math now i'm showing my uh so let's say <laughs> you're not 200 so a year <laughs> 200 a year uh plus buy a few of these sport things like I, I, MLB, NHL, there's You're a couple hundred dollars. You're saving money. There's no question. So for about 500 bucks, yeah. I'm I'm getting a whole year worth of everything I could possibly want or need. No question. You're saving money. Instead there's, of 1200 Yeah, which is what's kind of really made the cable companies a little bit upset about it, you know, because they want people to um, subscribe to their cable content. And unfortunately, cable content has just become crap. So, anyway, that's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't like it. And that's yeah. why we cut the cord a few years ago. So, yeah. And I don't think we've looked back. We haven't. We we haven't looked back at all. And, and the only thing that, I mean, we don't really watch news. So, you, you know, we don't have CNN. I think the biggest thing is, is we don't have the TV constantly running in the mm, background yes. like we might have before. Yeah. There's no, there's no more channel surfing, flicking around. That's another thing that I, I really like that we just don't, we don't 
channel surf and, and mindlessly browse. Although you, you could do that on Netflix. I do that if, all the time on Netflix, though. I browse for, I'll browse for an hour looking for something else to watch. So I guess that's the new channel surfing, but I still feel it's a better it's better than the old days of clicking through yes. uh, at eight you can o'clock at least on browse f- by genre Friday. Sure, it's a little better than just flipping through and and the various all you had was whatever was on TV at that time per the schedule that the cable companies made you follow. Right. So all right, let's end it there. Okay. If you're okay with that. No, no, that's good. The end. Mm-hmm.